You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hello and welcome to episode 70 of the Manage Mental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. This podcast is propelled by your input and feedback, so please rate and review and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show. I am your host, Mr. Blasco, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, Mr. Mike Mowry. What's happening, my man? You know, I can't really tell, but it sounds like you might be back in your, like, home turf. Is that right? (laughs) I am back in the L.A. office, my friend. And how's that feeling? Does it feel different to record at home versus out on the road? It doesn't feel any different, um, you know. It, feel, it feels good. I, I I slept real solid last night. I'm gonna say that like by like because I didn't get home from Rio till like 7 a.m. So by like 8 p.m., dude, it was like game over. Yeah, <laughs> like, light, <laughs> light lights out. Like dude, it was crazy. That's awesome. In the last episode, we chatted all about streaming. That was a really great episode, so check it out if you haven't already. Today's episode is sponsored by our buddies at rockabilia.com. Go check them out for the awesomest collection of officially licensed band merch on the planet. Use our code PCJabberJaw and get 15% off your entire order. Yeah, boy, go over there, tell them Blasco and Mike sent you, and uh, yeah, let us know if you have used that code and what you've decided to purchase. You know, let's share it on uh, Instagram, tag Rockabilia, tag us, and be exciting to see what people are are getting over there. They got 500,000 plus items, which kind of just blows my mind, but uh, got a really great selection across all genres and all types of merchandise, so... Head on over, rockabilia.com, PC Jabberjaw for 15% off. I would also take this opportunity to mention that one of our loyal listeners, Alan, suggested we start a Facebook group so that all of you can, you know, we can chat amongst ourselves uh, that way. So we did that. Uh, You can search for it in Facebook under Manage Mental Group, and we will also put the link in the show notes. This week, we talk about building your musical community. This is going to be killer, so let's get mental. Oh, yeah. So, Mike, I found a guest post by our uh, friend Angela Mastro Giacomo. Uh, from the TuneCore blog, and I believe it was on uh, HypeBot, and it was called How to Make the Power of Community the Key to Music Industry Success. And uh, it starts off like this. Let me know if you've heard this one before. The music industry is a cutthroat business. 
I'm sure you've all heard that since your entry into the industry. Is it valid? Sure, it really can be unforgiving and selfish, but it doesn't have to be. It shouldn't be. And here is rule number one, give. Before we get going, it's important to mention that any of this to truly have an impact, you have to be willing to give more than you take. That means acknowledging that building community and building relationships is a process that grows and shows results over time. Spending an hour commenting on Facebook posts or 30 minutes talking to a new fan at a show are all great steps but they won't do enough on their own. It's the consistency of doing that every day over the long term and meaning it that leads to long-term success. Yeah, I mean, what I think just before, you know, a comment on what she says, I recently was dealing with, you know, an artist who, as you grow, your business becomes, you know, just as much of an important thing as your art. And during a, a really tough conversation, you know, where we were having to make a hard decision, you know, the artist said, well, this is business and, you know, therefore we need to be cutthroat, if you will. And I said, you know, I don't necessarily agree with that. To me, as an entrepreneur and someone who owns multiple businesses, I get to decide what business means to me, as I know you do as well. And so the same thing here with the music community and the music business She's saying give, which I agree with. You've got to be able to flip the script on what you've been taught potentially about what the business is, how it has to operate. And the first way which she's recommending, which I think is great, is, yeah, you know, start giving and, and, you know, it should end up coming full circle where people give back to you. You know, one of one of the first bands that I managed that is now super successful they, um, the guitar player, his responsibility in the band was, was building up their MySpace following, right? And by the time that I had stumbled upon them, their MySpace following was huge. Now, he committed the bulk of his day, like when he wasn't working his day job and they weren't rehearsing, he was on MySpace adding friends, you know, hitting up people and going, Oh, you like these bands? You know, you like these types of bands you know, you like Pantera, you like kills, but you should check us out. And he grinded and he focused and, and he, and he built it and it, and it paid off because by the time that I, it, like I said, by the time I had found them, they, they were building up a real serious fan base that was engaging with them and was building up their plays and, and, and their, and their community. Right. And community maybe is a fancy way to say fan base, Right. But um, but it's important, for instance, uh, a band hit me up uh, and they I, I uh, it was it was a girl and I was like, hey, like I got your email. I get a lot of emails. I don't know if you listen to our podcast, but we did an episode specifically on how to write emails to people like me. And if you didn't, you you're on point because this email was great. It had everything that it needed to be. It was like our, our video is on Vivo. It has, you know, half a million plays. You know, uh, uh, here's a link to our thing. It was great, Mike, I'm telling you. And so I clicked on it and it was really cool. So I had a conference call with them today and I was like, look, what you're doing all the right things. Your vibe is cool. Your music is cool. However, you're new, right? You're, you, if I 
if I took this under my wing and I started to give it to people, the first question they're going to ask is why are their socials so low? You know, why, why, why is their engagement so low? And I go, you've got to go back to the grind. You got to start building up. You got to start building your community. When you get to that point or whatever, then there's a much bigger conversation here because a lot of the business side of this is built on the analytics of, you know, where are their socials at? Where are their views at? Where are their plays at? What does their Spotify look like? And all this is based on building your community. Yeah. And I think that that's a great point. And I think there is a a slight distinction between community and fan base. You know, if I think of a, of a band that has a ton of fans and therefore has a large fan base, it doesn't mean that everybody's really engaged in the same way. You know, there's people that are going to be super fans and there's going to be people, there's people that are going to want to spread the gospel or spread the word about the particular band. And those are the people that I associate more with community. They're kind of trying to help the artist with their goals while simultaneously getting from the artist, you know, whatever it is, their music, their lyrics, the combination of both. So um, I think this is cool to talk about the community because that's really who's going to, especially at the outset, help you grow those socials, help you grow, you know, your, your streams of monetization in, you know, in, in a, yeah, in a faster way, in a more engaged way. Well put. Uh, rule number two, find or start an in-person meetup. In the age of the internet, in-person meetups are still the most powerful way to build and maintain long-lasting bonds. The best way to find out about happenings in your city are through other people. And if one doesn't exist, start it yourself. It doesn't have to be a big production, just a few people getting together over coffee to talk shop, seek advice, and support one another's dreams. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting point because so much of this is focused, you know, online. And I'm curious how our our listeners will respond, um, you know, to the idea of meeting up in person. Uh, it seems like a lot of people do just want to, you know, engage from the power of their phone or their keyboard. But I have seen the power of this. You know, uh, we haven't talked about it on the show, to my knowledge, but, uh, you know, A.L. Levy and Joey Sturgis and uh, guy Joel Wanasek have um, the URM, Unstoppable Recording Machine, kind of uh, platform and community. And they, when they go around to various cities to sit with people for their Nail the Mix, um, uh, I guess channel or their nail the mix. Uh, I don't even know what you'd call it product. They also do meetups in those, in those communities. Um, and those are the ones that are in person. And I've watched these people who, you know, only know each other online come together and really form a, a much deeper bond. So I hadn't quite thought of this in terms of a band. What, how do you think that that would look um, if you were in a band trying to do an informal meet up in a, in a community. Yeah, it's interesting. I have some, uh, sort of outside experience, uh, an observation of something similar to this idea. And it's challenging because I feel like inherently, if you have a local scene and there's a bunch of bands, it just feels like there's such a high level of competitiveness that's going on there. Right? Like it doesn't feel like bands would want to help another get 
to the next level. It feels like they're just competitive and they're trying to show up one another, right? But um, I have witnessed a couple of different situations where someone has taken it upon themselves to to try and build a community within a local scene. And they actually were able to get a night at a club, like a reoccurring sort of residency, like a Tuesday, every Tuesday, whatever. And the club gave them the opportunity to sort of curate the night. And what happened, how it would work is, is that all of the bands would have to promote it together and all of the bands that were part of this community even if they weren't playing that night at least two members of the band had to show up and support the night so you had this sort of built-in fan base with this community of bands that were all working together and i'll tell you it was successful like i mean it was packed every night and it went on for quite a while um and it was a really cool idea and, and it, it created a lot of buzz and it got a lot of press. And so, you know, I, I think in this day and age, if, if you can build a community with a bunch of like-minded musicians and bands, uh, it, it's potentially going to work to your benefit. Like it's, it's a good way to try and create a buzz because it's, you know, strength in numbers almost, right? It's like, it's like if the if one thing can't do it, maybe it's the community of bands that can work together to build a scene and create a buzz within that scene. So, like, as much as competitive seems natural, I think a, building a sense of community would benefit better. Yeah, and that's a really cool idea. I guess the reason that it threw me off initially was when we're talking about bands – you know, I guess the inherent idea of a meetup is a show, right? If they go and play shows, then that's where they're getting their engaged fan base to come anyways. But I do, that is a really cool way for people to support one another in that local scene instead of being competitive like you and I have seen so many times. Yeah. And actually the person that did set up this, they actually did have like, I think it was like a monthly sort of board meeting and there had to be a representative from every band at this meeting. And then they would, they would sort of strategize who, what the next flow of shows was going to look like. It was really cool, man. And like I said, I haven't seen it done since granted it was in my vicinity. So I was able to see it. So maybe it is happening outside of my small little, you know, spectrum of Los Angeles. But, but, uh, I, it was really cool. It was really successful. And if someone wanted to take this idea and run with it in the local scene and kind of put their own stamp on it, I'm telling you, it's probably something that could, could work. Um, rule number three, join as many community based Facebook groups as possible. Facebook groups are one of the best ways to connect with others and cultivate a sense of community in an otherwise kind of lonely feeling internet. While Twitter and Instagram are great for finding new connections and beginning to build relationships, when you join a Facebook group, that has a focus on community. It's a chance to really connect with others and begin to build a reputation and a presence. Make sure to get involved and comment on people's posts at least a few times a week with insightful answers. The more detailed, personal, and real they are, and more memorable you'll be. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good piece of advice. I remember a couple of years ago, I was talking to a manager who had a band that, you know, toured extensively and went to, you know, pretty off the wall, off the beaten path countries. And 
you know, they weren't really massive. So I was curious how they were actually, you know, pulling it off. And he said, well, they create these communities, you know, these Facebook groups in each respective country. So let's say the band was just Band X. They'd say Band X, like, you know, Brazil, for instance. And they would start to get all of the people in Brazil, or as many as they could, who liked the band into this group and really build that community, build that engagement. And then once they felt it was at a certain level, they essentially said, hey, you know, can we come down there and really encourage them and empower them to bring as many people and as many friends to the shows as possible? And it really worked. So, you know, I had never really thought of doing that and just was kind of blown away by, yeah, by that idea and by the results. But it doesn't surprise me because you've got those active, engaged members in that group. Yeah, I mean, with all of our bands, we build a Facebook groups, like a private Facebook group. It's almost like in some ways sort of like a, a fan club chat room kind of vibe, right? But we we build those. So if there's bands listening, building a Facebook group for your band is a good idea because it does start to build a sense of community, sort of a deeper level of of your fan base, right? There's, there's your fans, but then there's the fan club and that could potentially be likened to your Facebook group. I also uh, like this article because we did create our own managemental Facebook group. And I would like to think that um, what Mike and I are doing here are giving back. And, and I, I feel like us could create a community of our own in terms of helping you out on a deeper level. And if the Facebook group is something that you guys think is a good idea, you know, please join on and let's see if we can, you know, build something and, and work together. Um, you know, it, I don't know. Just so I just wanted to try it. Like I said, it was a suggestion from one of our listeners that we throw it out there. We built it. And if you guys want to engage, we're here, you know, so yeah, it'd be cool. And I've seen firsthand in the podcast space because, you know, of Jabberjaw's involvement with lead singer syndrome with Shane told he's got an amazing Facebook group that he's hyper engaged with. And so bands who are listening, you know, one of the challenges for me and Blasco here is going to be how much attention we can put into that group that helps you guys, you know, feel as if it's something that we are, you know, uh, adding value to. And so I'm going to leave most of that to Blasco for the time being since he created it. But I have watched the power from how Shane handles it. And he's got, you know, such really interesting conversations happen there. And I've watched the members of that community really bond with one another. And it is, it's, it's a really cool thing. So if you are in a band, just remember, you've got to give it the attention that it deserves once it's actually created. Final rule number four. Help one another. This one is important. Community only works if you are an active participant, meaning you're willing to help others and in turn, trust that they have your back. Too often I see people refusing to help one another because they're afraid that helping someone takes away an opportunity that might have otherwise been theirs. First of all, that's incredibly selfish and second, it's not true. Helping someone else get closer to their dreams doesn't mean you're going to further away from yours. The true power of community is in working together. It's in knowing that we have one another's backs, that we don't view each other as competition, but rather as friends, and in knowing that we're all in this together. Because we are, and believe me, together really is better. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that it took me a long time to learn. I feel like, especially when you're starting out and maybe you don't, you can't see the really big picture or you've got limited resources, you feel that everybody's kind of uh, vying for, you know, the same piece of the pie, if you will. And then you realize that, wow, if we do help one another and help each other create opportunities, there's more pieces of the pie to go around or the overall pie is bigger. So I think this is really, really, really good advice that I wish I would have uh, learned a little bit earlier in in my career. Yeah. I mean, Mike, I mean, when we think about you, you know, heavy metal. I mean, I use that as a broad stroke, right? But if we use the the subgenre of heavy metal, it's like we are a community of people that should all be lifting each other up because it is such a small sect of the music world, right? And we're all in this because of passion for the music and 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 love for the for the artist and and love for the fact that it is a small community you know it's like it's like oh like you know walking down the street and someone else is wearing an iron maiden shirt and you go yeah you're you're one of us you know like and 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 stuff and so yeah i agree with you that like you know maybe it maybe it is hard to put it in perspective sometimes but the reality is is that we really are all in this together and there is enough to go around for everybody. And, um, yeah, but I mean, I just, I, I echo your sentiment and I echo hers in that working together is better than working against one another. Yeah. I mean, when I grew up in the hardcore community, it was exactly that way. You know, there was competition, but you did see a kid on the street in you know, a seven second shirt and you absolutely were going to be friends with that person. So, yeah, I think as best you can do to channel any and all of that kind of, you know, camaraderie and community, it does end up working uh, for the greater good of what we're all trying to do. Well, that concludes episode 70. Thank you for tuning in. We will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. We encourage you to email us any questions or comments you may have for the podcast to me directly at askblasco at gmail.com. If you have listened thus far, much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands. Mike, any final parting thoughts? Uh, before I forget, I wanted to you know, give you a big props for your latest episode on the Josta podcast. It was a really great listen. Kept me inspired and kept me motivated of why we do this. You're just out there espousing knowledge in a way that not many people can. So big pat on your back. And if you're listening and you haven't heard that yet, head on over to wherever you listen to podcasts and uh, find the, the episode with Blasco. I think this is your sixth one, or, or is that right? I've lost track, but that sounds about right. Yeah, and uh, other than that, you can uh, find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Loop. And last but not least, uh, if you want to further your career as a musician or as an aspiring professional in the biz, you can find out all that you need to know at Outer Loop coaching.com so I think that's all I got thanks everyone peace
Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.